this is as real as it gets. Hey, this is Marcia Prince, IFBB Bikini Pro and Gasberry Nutrition Spokesmodel, and you are listening to the UCW Radio Show, In Your Face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Give it to me, baby. All right, welcome to the UCW Radio Show, the show where we feature celebrities, pro athletes, authors, business leaders, and basically some pretty inspirational people. Our mission is to bring on guests on the show that will share the story of their journey, in their words, their way. Now, in the world of kickboxing, you know, look, over the decades, kickboxing has spawned some of the greatest martial arts legends that are out there. Uh, these are people that have taken their fame in kickboxing and launched dominating entertainment careers. It all started with an opportunity to perform at the highest level. Now, Glory Kickboxing, which is featured on Spike TV, they are the, uh, they're the organization that has provided that platform today. But it's not just a platform for the guys. Women have become more evident in both MMA and kickboxing with, you have so many women that, that are out there and they're getting a shot at fame via Invicta Fighting Championships. And that's a female dedicated league, second only to the UFC. Now, you have Glory Kickboxing, which is also giving that opportunity to kickboxing, uh, women involved in kickboxing. Now, our next guest is one of the rising stars in the world of kickboxing, and she made her debut in Glory with an awesome victory in Denver not too long ago. And I'm sure that her story will grab your attention. But before we bring her on... Uh, I want to remind all of our listeners to check out ucwmagazine.com for our interview archives. And you can follow me on Twitter for latest, the latest show information. You may get inspired by a tweet or two, or you may laugh. Who knows? Uh, you can catch the show on iTunes, Play FM, Stitcher Radio, Myro, and many others globally. And make sure to check out actionmaxsword.com for the latest information from the largest martial arts event of its kind in the world, the Action Martial Arts Hall of Honors. On the UCW radio show, we are looking to bring on guests that have not only accomplished great things, because anyone can go and accomplish something, we want the people that also inspire. And our next guest is one of those people. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming one of the true rising stars in the world of kickboxing, Maureen Babyface, read into the show. All right, Maureen, welcome to the UCW radio show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, pretty good. Thank you for joining us. I know schedule nowadays. <laughs> yeah, it's great, though. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to be busy, right? <laughs> Yes, yeah, life could definitely be worse. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely. But, you now life's good for you. Life's good in the world of babyface. There's no doubt about it, <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, what, what I want to do, you know, because our listeners like hearing the story, uh, what I want to do is start at the beginning, you know. How, how did you get involved in, in martial arts? How did you get involved in kickboxing? You know what? Actually, it was a complete accident. Um, I was just at that time in my life that I was looking for a change. I needed to, I didn't know what I needed to change, but I knew I needed a change. I wanted new people, um, healthier outlets. I was, you know, overweight, definitely had some unhealthy, uh, decisions I'd made in, in the past and just looking to change those. And one of my friends was training at Juice Box and told me I should try kickboxing for my cardio and went in there with, you know, nothing deeper than just simply wanting to get in shape and meet new people. And about three weeks later, I was 100% hooked and said, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life and hmm. made a career of it from that day forward. Oh, well, how long ago was that? That was four years. Uh, January of 2010 is when I started training. Okay, in 2010 you started training, so it wasn't something that you were doing when you were a kid. 
No, actually, I had never done anything athletic prior to doing that. I mean, unless you count, like, skipping down the wrong end of the soccer field, chatting with my friend while the rest of the team was going the other way <laughs> when I was seven years old as athletic, then uh, otherwise, no. <laughs> this was this was my first venture into anything that wasn't your typical, more, like, artsy, nerdy pursuit. I was a straight-A student, graduated high school when I was 16. I uh, was very, very interested in reading and writing and wanting to get published when I was older, and so everything I did was, you know, surrounding that, and um, just really hadn't moved away from my computer much, honestly, <laughs> to do anything. So, yeah, this was the first for all of that. And and at that time, you said you were you you were a little overweight at that time. Yes. See, yes. and that that that's was, uh, and that is you see stuff like that is what anyone that's listening to this show. If you are sitting in front of your computer, if you are overweight, and you're looking to do something, get up and do it. And this just proves yeah. that if you want to do it, you can get it done. Absolutely, there was you know a lot of people in the beginning that kind of laughed at me for getting into it because I, you know, let's face it, even now if people look me up, I don't look the part of people typically stereotype a female fighter to look like. Um, and then, of course, when I wasn't athletic either, there was a lot of people that just kind of scoffed at it, told me that, you know, I, I'm not genetically geared for this. There was no way I was going to go anywhere. I even had a few coaches in the beginning tell me that, yeah, you know, just I wasn't good, and I should just give up. And you're kidding me. You're kidding me. No, no, it was actually uh, Michael Sullivan is um, my head coach, uh, and he's he's the first one I saw, and really the only coach that didn't scoff at me. Um, he actually got rid of some coaching staff because of it. You know, he's like, I can't have people telling my students that. And uh, he, yeah, he was the only one that said, you can't listen to them. I know what I'm doing, I build fighters, I see something in you, and if you believe in me, I believe in you. And since then, we've just, you know, created a wonderful relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. We're actually in a, a personal relationship as well now, and it's our oh, journey How are you doing? Right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we definitely became best friends through the venture, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're able to, to enjoy more as a result. Um and yeah, for I mean, for both of us, it's it's kind of become this weak show people that as long as you have the right uh, work ethic and you know, in, in this, you definitely need a coach to teach you, mm -hmm. then you can do anything. And if you are willing to try, I mean, I definitely had to try harder than a lot of people who've been doing stuff their whole life. But you know, I was okay with that, and it's been I think a wonderful example for my children and my family and. As a result, I've been able to reach out to a lot of people that I never, you know, otherwise would have had the pleasure of meeting in my life. And I, I get messages almost daily now uh, thanking for that inspiration of showing that, you know, you can do this and you don't have to be automatically in shape and, you know, already packed full of muscle and, and ninja experience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can come from nothing and overweight and and still pursue your goals. Well, I, I have to say this, you know, Michael, kudos to you, glasses up, man, because because uh, <laughs> he did what a coach is supposed to do, what a trainer is supposed to do. Those other people yeah. that, that did that, that that is, uh, I mean, to me, and I'm saying this, you don't have to I'm saying it, that that is like <laughs> a black eye in, in, in martial arts kickboxing. How do you tell someone, hey, you know what, give up? That's not the code right. that we live by. Right. Yeah, that's not, that's not what this is about. No. For, for many people, they don't even want to get into the competition. This is about that journey, and, mm. and that's really what the martial arts was prior sure. to this major accessibility that the UFC has brought to the platform with starting MMA fights. Mm -hmm. it, it was always that spiritual self-discovery journey, and yeah... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate, but I have to, at the same time, um, people always kind of laugh at my perspective of it. I, there was there was definitely a rough start. We, I had some some horrible teammates at the beginning. I had some some really bad experiences with coaches. But at the same time, I think if it wasn't for all of them, 
if it wasn't for that like chip on the shoulder that they gave me, mm-hmm. I really, uh, I'm not sure how much more passion I would have for it. You know, my whole life I've, I've loved the challenge. I've loved proving people wrong. I've, I love the stress of it almost. And there's a reason I graduated high school when I was 16. I was an overachiever and I'm not happy if I'm not doing it. So I guess if it was easy and if everybody was like, oh yeah, you absolutely could do this. It probably wouldn't have interested me as much anyhow. Mm-hmm. So while it was horrible, I'm glad that they were a part of this journey for me because it definitely spurred me on to be able to, to look back one day and say, oh, I thought you said I would never make it. You know? When you have the naysayers out there and you have the doubters, the people that say, you know, you're not good enough, you can't do this, you're crazy, you're out of them. I, I talk about this all the time. That that is all background noise because if you believe in yourself and you know you can do something, you're going to get it done. Okay, and now, now those same people are looking at you and they're like, oh, wow. And you're just, yeah. you're just getting warmed up. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's the fun part. <laughs> right, and that's definitely the fun part. You know, you, 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 you didn't intend on competing. Right. This was a lifestyle change for you. And you know it yes, helped absolutely. you to get it helped you get to get into shape, and it, it helped with your self-esteem. Oh yeah, I mean pivotal to all of it. When people ask what the martial arts has given me, or you know even what, uh, more of that celebrity platform honestly has done for me. It's it always comes back to what I've learned about myself, or what I've been able to now reach out and do for other people that I wouldn't have been able to do without that name mm-hmm. and um i mean as as fun as it is to punch a chick in the face <laughs> it runs so much deeper than that and and that's not really what it's about it's it's about that journey it's about seeing what am i capable of what can i do and to learn that it's so much more than even i thought was possible and i've always been a pretty confident person so yeah it's the other stuff is just kind of fun and it's a, a nice side effects to all these wonderful things that it brings. Well, I'll, I'll say this. For any kid out there, you're, you're, I mean, they should look at you because basically you're the toughest nerd out there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and I'm very proud of my nerd status. <laughs> well, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, you know. It, it, it's good. See, ed, education's important. Taking care of yourself is important, you know, and 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 whatnot. And you have a lot of you have a lot of kids out there that uh, you know. I mean, not, maybe not so much now, or maybe so much now. I mean, bullying is a big problem anyway. It is. Um, but as far as education, you have a lot of smart kids out there that uh, you know. Sometimes they don't take care of themselves. Maybe they don't know how. Maybe yeah. they they're afraid of being made fun of, as you were. And so on yeah. and so forth. And look, you you set the standard. They 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 should watch I, what you've done. Yeah, I, I hope so. It's it's definitely a goal of mine. I think, um, you know, on two different points, I think too many people feel like they have to choose that you can either be the jock or the nerd, but you can't be both. Cause mm-hmm. There's no such thing in Hollywood. And so I think kids kind of grow up thinking that. I mean, I know I did. I couldn't. Mm-hmm be a complete bookworm and still be accepted by, you know, the football players in that whole little circle. They didn't necessarily dislike me, but they didn't like me either. And uh, I think we're just really conditioned to think that we have to choose. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, people understanding that you can have both, that, you know, you're you're balancing two different lifestyles, but you can have, and I'm glad that it's, or I hope it's really the kids. I mean, I'm happy to reach out to anybody, but I try and spend a lot more time reaching to the kids specifically mm-hmm. because that's going to be the longer impact. You know, if I can impact them now and they remember it for their whole life, that's the whole future, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think our biggest chance at making a long-lasting, impacting difference in society is by reaching out to those kids. You know, pursue health and academics. You don't have to choose. And, and as as a female, it was probably even tougher for you, you know, because you you know you it, it, 
it's, it's I think that a lot of women, young girls anyway, when they uh, when they're looking at academics, okay, they kind of get engulfed in that, and they really don't get involved in the physical part, you know, um, and neither did you. Right. It's kind of a stereotype that that's what boys do, and girls, you know, do the brain stuff, mm. and they are supposed to look pretty, and go shopping, and <laughs> they're not supposed to get rough and tough in the dirt. And, I mean, my, my parents are are very pro-independence, uh, and, you know, I was always raised that I could be whatever I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, but at the same time, I grew up with an older brother, and I can't tell you how many times we would be roughhousing and uh, wrestling and punching each other, and, you know, my mom was always, no, 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 you don't hit a girl, and girls don't do that, and... Um, you know, so even even those that are pro independent women are still kind of under this this thing that society has that girls aren't supposed to do that. Let me ask you, when you first when you first got into kickboxing, you first walked into the uh the facility, okay, mm-hmm. you wanted I mean, when you got hooked on it, it wasn't so much for you weren't thinking, okay, I'm gonna lose weight, do and do all this stuff. You were looking at, wow, I can actually change my life. Yes, yeah, I think, I think when I first walked in the doors, um, it was just a weight loss thing. I, I didn't, and I hope this doesn't offend people because I know some people who are like avid fight fans from when they're really little, and then that's why they pursue this as a career. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know how you know. Sometimes it's offending to, to have somebody come in that wasn't like that. But I, I didn't even know about the sport. I mean, the first, my first loss came from simply not understanding the rules of the game, to be quite honest. And, you know, I had never really watched fighting. I didn't know anything about it. And when my friend said cardio kickboxing, I kind of pictured, like, the 24-hour fitness turbo boxing sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I wasn't at all having any idea what I was actually getting into. And then, uh, you know, when I walked in, obviously very quickly I understood this was different, but I still didn't really see how it applied to my life much. And, you know, it was maybe two or three days later that I was really seeing, you know, even though I wasn't necessarily hooked career speaking quite yet, mm-hmm. right away I was like, wow, this, the people here are deeper. The You could just feel that energy of, you know, this isn't your typical group fitness class where everybody walks in, they find their spot, and nobody really makes eye contact. They do the workout, they sweat, and they leave. This was, you know, people were coming in and creating these these deep relationships with one another, and that was very obvious to me right off the bat, just kind of being more of an introspective person and observing my surroundings. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I saw where, you know, great, this is my, my fitness, but this is also going to be my you know, these, the new people I surround myself with, the new standard and the way of life. It's a way of thinking. I mean, there's a lot of fundamental rules of combat that once you understand them, it's impossible to not apply them to your everyday life as well. Right. And so I think even the fundamentals of combat are ways of life. Understanding that, you know, I can't force you to do something, but I can decide how I'm going to react under the pressure that you bring. That's the same whether it's in a fight or it's in the real world in a discussion with somebody, you know. And, yeah, very quickly I saw where their opportunity to just have a completely new life was available. And I think that that's, that's part of the story to me that would inspire a lot of people because you walked in with one thought in mind. But then everything changed once you got involved. Then you thought about it differently, and it became more a part of you and a lifestyle, having a, having an extended family, and 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 whatnot. And I mean that that's what it's about. You know, this is what is. hopefully spawns more people to get up off the couch and do something. It may not be martial arts. It may not be kickbox. It may not be anything. It may be playing basketball. Go for a run. Do right. something change your life right it's not it's not an exercise it's not a diet it's it's the way you live your life you you live an active life and you fuel your body accordingly and occasionally enjoy treats but Mm -hmm. yeah it's a way of life and i think it's easier to stick to when you do it that way too 
when you when you call it an exercise, you call it a diet, that kind of insinuates there's a beginning and there's an end. Right. And I think that's why most people fail. They don't stick with, with their fitness program. They don't stick with their diet because those are all temporary words that they label this pursuit with. And so, of course, it's going to be nothing more than a temporary existence in their life. And but just... when you can accept that this is my life now, mm-hmm. um, it's so easy <laughs> yeah. well, and if to you... just stick with it. You miss it. And if you speak to anyone that is heavily into fitness... You know, they'll tell you the word diet, you know, you take that T out as die, you know, a diet yeah. is, is, as you said, is a temporary fix. Change the lifestyle, you change the end result, and you can live a better, longer life, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 this, and this is the road you went down. But what, what we're going to do right now, Maureen, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, because then we're going to go... And we're going to get into uh, what you've been doing competition-wise. And then we're going to touch on a little uh, your, your opinion on bullying. I think that, um, you know, I think you have some strong opinions. Actually, I know you do. So, you. I, so I want you to actually <laughs> talk about it. Okay. But, but I want to listen. Stick with us. We're going to be back with Maureen Babyface Reardon on the UCW radio show. Don't tune out.
faced reading she had we we were talking about some really interesting things during during the first segment of the show uh but now we're going to talk about our competition time okay Maureen you know uh you just recently just uh, a few weeks back you were uh, you had a a big bout on an yeah. international platform actually Mhm yeah well let's talk about it uh, it was on Glory 16 in Denver. Uh, it was one of the first few females actually to ever be placed on the card. They just very, very recently started adding female fighters to their card. Um, their worldwide uh, card, the, the UFC of kickboxing, is definitely where all the kickboxers aspire to reaching. And I was absolutely honored and blessed to be able to actually do my professional debut for kickboxing on that glory card, and it could not have worked out better. <laughs> uh, it was versus Brenda Rodriguez from Nebraska. Uh, going into it, we knew that she was um, pretty well known for her striking and for having some pretty heavy hands, knockout power, and you know all that good stuff. Definitely somebody to take very seriously. And um, third round, I was able to get a knockout that then called it off uh, a minute, to, you know, I'm not actually sure, one or two minutes into the round, but uh, I just, I couldn't have hoped for a better a better result. I think a lot of the reason women aren't put on some of the cards is because we're not believed to have the, the finishing power mm. that kind of drives a lot of the excitement in some of these combat sport platforms. So to then finish the fight like that was just a perfect, perfect ending to it. Well, and, and I think, I mean, your debut, and, and I caught it, was pretty cool. Okay, you went in there, you had a smile on your face, and you were happy, and you got in, you got in there, and you did your job. Okay, and, yeah. I, and I have to commend Glory, you know, the Glory World Series, I... You know, I support them ever since they uh, they they came together and they started getting televised, and even before then, because uh, they're televised, they're they're aired on Spike TV, and uh, you know, I like the fact that they started bringing on women, female fighters, because you you know, you you have the UFC which started bringing in uh, you know female fighters. Okay, one of the you know, Strike Force before then was actually doing it, but then the, the the female fighters, you know, weren't what you what they weren't an attraction. Like you you wouldn't you wouldn't sit there and and watch them because I mean I I mean back then when those bouts went on, it wasn't it wasn't as intense as it is now. You the the level of competition, the the standards, the 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 uh, the skill sets that the female fighters have today is beyond impressive, beyond impressive, you know. It's and amazing how much it's changed in three years. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's and UFC they they kind of kick things off, okay. And you and I spoke off off air, uh, Shannon Knapp and Victor, and that is the uh, I, I I call that the the next coming. Okay, because Invicta, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean that is going to be the UFC for females, no mm -hmm. doubt in my mind, no doubt. Yeah. Okay, and that has opened up a lot of doors, because if that didn't happen, you know, I mean, you again, throughout you know the last thirty, forty years, you had a lot of, you know, female martial artists that became legends like Cynthia Rothrock and and so on and so forth, but. Mm -hmm. The door is open so wide that you can get in there, compete, and actually make a career out of what you be what you've grown to love to do. Right. And and that that's an amazing thing. It's extremely exciting to to even watch it. Like I said, the three years ago, even when I first started fighting, the number of fights that were on female fights that were on cards was I mean you were lucky if there was one uh, and and you're right they were kind of placed like right before the intermission mm -hmm. or you know maybe they would open the main card but still with the sense that 
okay, this is the one we're going to show is people are kind of trickling into their seats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you have, you know, female cards, all female cards. You have the TV ratings when there's a female fight just going through the roof. Mm-hmm. And whether people are still watching because they see it as a sideshow or they're watching because they want to say, see, I told you women can't fight, or they're watching because they're one of the amazing supporters. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that the entire world is watching right now. And that platform that it gives us is is an amazing gift to be definitely handled a very, you know, specific way. And I hope that everybody that's in it right now can continue to kind of honor that. Um, the, the work that Shannon Knapp has done to, to kind of open this is amazing. Um, you know, a lot of people say that Ronda Rousey is, is kind of who has really spurred women's MMA and, you know, she's a, she's a great fighter and I, I respect her as a fighter, but Shannon Knapp is absolutely the one that started mm-hmm. this platform. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for Invicta and, and showcasing and you know, showing all this great talent from all over the world, if she wouldn't have taken that risk, I'm not sure the UFC ever would have found the desire to really start looking into the female fighters that were competing right then and there. No, nope, and 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 I, and I agree with you one thousand million gazillion gazillion percent <laughs> because look, I, I refer to Shannon Knapp as you know if Dana White and I said this today, if Dana White is the king of MMA, she is undoubtedly the queen of MMA. And, oh, absolutely. And what she has done. And she she raised the game, you know. She mm-hmm. raised that bar, and what that means that anyone, any female that is looking to build up in the ranks, guess what? It's a little bit harder than than it was two years ago. Absolutely, significantly. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you have you have to be on your your you have to bring your A game, not mm-hmm. once, all the time. Right. Right. And, and like I said, or alluded to at least, especially right now. It's, you know, that time where, you know, you're, you're a kid and your parents finally are going to test to see if you're responsible enough. And you're like on this probation period basically. Mm-hmm. And you mess it up once, they're going to decide you're not ready. And right. I kind of see this the same way. You know, we, women's combat sports all together, you know, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, all of it. We're on this kind of probationary period where the door has been open. We've been given this opportunity. Now it's up to us to show the world that we absolutely deserve this mm-hmm. and you know, don't take it away from us. And, you know, I think there's a, a window that, you know, those of us that are actively competing right now, we all owe it to each other and the generations that will be coming up underneath us to handle it delicately, make sure that we're showing up to every fight prepared that we're we're more focused on preparing ourselves and being professional athletes than we are bringing up the drama and doing the trash talking to the opponent you mm-hmm. know let's face it for every moment you're investing in that it's the moment you're not investing in your fight so um yeah i think it's a real special time right now that will be fantastic or will you know be what what decides if this belongs or not and you know what's interesting maureen you know, I wanted to bring you on the show. You know, we I have a lot of, you know, fighters and, and, and whatnot that I bring on the show, but I'm very selective with who I bring. And I wanted you on the show for a reason. And the reason is because I kind of had an idea of the type of person you were. And now that I'm, I'm getting to know you a little bit more, I know I made the right decision because you, no doubt about it, you are a good example for someone, a, a you know, young lady, that may be looking for a hero, that they can look to someone like you because of what you know. It's not just your fighting, your intellect, how you carry yourself, and and what what you've been through, and it's not your your typical martial artist per se. Okay, mm-hmm. you you are you're you're a normal person who had a normal life, that actually got involved in martial arts, and now you, you're becoming uh, an international um, rising star. And I said it in the beginning of the show, you didn't hear it, but I consider you one of 
the shining stars out there. You're you're gonna you're gonna move up in the ranks rapidly, and I you, you, the marketability that's gonna be coming from you is gonna be amazing. I I'm looking for big things from you. Thank you, thank you. That's so encouraging to get the feedback. Well, I mean, but I this is truth, and this is what I see, and uh, usually I'm not wrong. So you know, don't don't Wonderful. don't make don't make me wrong now. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to it. <laughs> yeah, you be. Yeah, you be. I'm gonna hold you to it too. Okay. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so, so now, I mean, when you fought, when you fought for glory, okay, that was your first, your, your pro debut in uh, for, for kickboxing. But you competed before then. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I had a, an amateur career prior to that. Okay. How many fights did you have? Uh, ten fights in the amateur career. How did it feel? the first time that you actually got in the ring, you didn't fight before it professionally, I mean, not, not professionally, competitively. You didn't fight before. Right. How did it feel getting in there? Um, actually, it's kind of a funny story when Michael and I talk about it together because, you know, you always hear everybody else's experience when you're leading up to it. I mean, if you've never been in a fight before, and quite honestly, a street fight even isn't the same as, as an athletic fight. A street fight, you don't even know it's gonna, it's coming, typically. Mm-hmm. You know, an athletic competition, you have weeks of anticipation to either do something good with it or to drive yourself completely crazy with it. And, uh, you know, so you always, you, you hear other people's situations. And so I kind of had this expectation of what I was gonna feel like. And, you know, I, I just, I had no nerves. And I was like, well, I'm going to wake up on fight day and I'm going to be nervous. And then I woke up the next day and still nothing. We get to the venue, nothing. Michael's wrapping my hands. I still have no nerves. And he starts asking me, like, are you, you know, are you present? Are you, are you really here for this? Because you, you're not, you're not nervous. You don't seem like you're, you know, like you're really into this. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm just not nervous. And I think I just, I spent the whole time waiting for the nerves to kick in. And then finally I stepped in the ring and realized I still wasn't nervous, so I guess this was it. (laughs) And I think it's almost part of my addiction, per se, to the competitive side of it. I mean, like I said, I love the platform it gives me uh, to be able to reach out and help people and do something good with this name that I can build. But there always has to be a deep reason to get us in there. I, I think especially for women, because we're not primarily wired to fight. You know, that men were the ones that went out and killed the buffalo. The women are the ones that, you know, took care of it. And mm-hmm. we would fight to defend our tribe, you know, defend our babies. But we, we weren't wired with that. So I think there has to be a deep reason. And, and mine was, you know, I get in that ring, and for some reason, I have absolutely no nerves. It is the calmest, most focused moment of my life that I've ever experienced and I've never had a fight where I didn't get that and I get in there the cage closes or you know that bell goes and it's just me and my opponent and I have a job and I do it I have I have no nerves I feel fantastic I'm focused it's just it's like a meditation for me and you know how, how not at all you, what I expected <laughs> well, do you know how scary that is for your opponent I hope so yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, I definitely have no distractions. I'm I'm focused on one thing, and it doesn't mean I always win. But you know, so far, my losses even have only been to decisions. Um, I'm not stopping. I I have a job to do, and I'm either going to do it or I'm going to get knocked out trying. <laughs> well, I mean, anyone that ever doubted the toughness. Uh, of female female fighters and females and co- females that are in combat sports, all they needed to do was see the last U.S. UFC event. Uh, I think it was Valerie. I forget her 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 last name. Oh. Oh my God. Yes, I missed that one, and I heard it was just quite the show of. Like oh my God. The heart, that toughness, the courage. I mean, I've seen fights, but to see two women go head to head. I mean, nonstop. I was, I it drew me, and I was like, "Wow, okay." If that doesn't kickstart stuff, because that wasn't, I'm gonna get you into an armbar and make you submit type of situation. That was to the end, to the death. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Absolutely. You, and uh, what what is Shannon telling me? Shannon told me that um, 
and she heard that uh, Valerie, I think she, something happened, she, she broke something in her face or something, but she kept on fighting? It wouldn't surprise me. I've seen, I saw the pictures post-fight, and there definitely looks like there's an orbital fracture yeah. going on there. Yeah, no, I, I've seen the pictures that, that sh, you know, she took of her face mm-hmm. and I said I said oh man I said that is uh that that's bad I knew when when she got hit that it was that was going to hurt yeah yeah that, yeah. that was going to leave a mark <laughs> you went for them you know yeah yeah but you know but that shows the toughness and that but that's the mm-hmm. that's that's the competitive nature that that is set forth now and that's something going back to Invicta that set the standard and UFC just put it on a bigger platform, but now with Invicta, with with Invicta being on the UFC Fight Pass, mm-hmm. it's going to be a game changer now. And yeah. there's going to be more opportunities for the fem- female fighters coming up. So now with yeah. me with me saying that, let me ask you this: Do you think that you're going to venture into mixed martial arts itself and get into uh, an Invicta type of situation? Actually, despite the fact that my debut was for Glory, um, I most of my competitive career is in MMA. I have I'm four and two as an amateur, and actually have my professional debut for MMA coming up July 25th for RFA at the First Bank Center in Denver. Okay. Uh, and then I'm actually following it immediately after that, August 15th. I'm going up to Canada for my professional debut in boxing. So I'm kind of taking an approach that. You're I've out of control. Really seen amongst the female fighters before. I'm doing. I'm doing it all. In three yeah. months, I'm going to have my debut in all three of them. You're out of control. <laughs> okay, you're going. You want you from one combat sport to another. Michael, what are you doing? What are you doing? You, you, I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 he has to inspire you to do this. I, there's no doubt. <laughs> you know, he actually laughed me because he's like, "Are you sure?" You know. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that's what it is because I didn't come up in it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, sure, why not? You know, and really, while I would love to make it on Victa, you know, going to the UFC, I mean, obviously every fighter wants to be able to make it to those platforms. But when I decided that I wanted to do this, I didn't one day say, okay, I want to go to the UFC. What I did was I want to do this. I want to see how far I can go. And I want, you know, right away I knew my goal in this was more the motivational speaking and writing side of it. Mm-hmm. And this was just my platform. I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to, to you know, do what other people weren't doing because I want a story that I can then go out and tell people, you know, spread that never give up message. And if I just kind of follow the same path that everybody else is doing, I mean, that's fine because that's what their goals are. But, you know, like I said, I didn't even really know about fighting until I got into this. So fighting just happens to be my outlet. Mm-hmm. But my goal really is just what, how, how much can I do? How many odds can I defy? And people say, oh, you can't, you know, over-focus. You can't do MMA and kickboxing and boxing. But for me, I'm like, well, man, if I can, though, imagine what a well-rounded fighter I'm going to be. And not to be cocky and arrogant, but, hey, good luck preparing for me. <laughs> there you go. I'm not a one-trick pony, and it's going to be difficult to prepare unless you're getting ready for a one-trick pony. So, I love it. Um, I, I yeah. love it. I love it. I love that you're doing that because you know, you know, it was funny uh, and just a personal story for me. I was working out and and someone asked me. They said they asked me, "Well, why do you go so heavy?" Mm-hmm. And I looked at them and this was my response: "Because I can." Yeah. Why not? Right. And with you, you're doing this, and that people will ask you because you'll have your typical MMA, kickboxing, you know, interviews with with all these cats out there that are doing their shows, and you know, and mm-hmm. they'll have their canned questions, and they'll ask you, "Well, why are you doing this? Why are you in in the cage, and then you're in the ring, and then you're boxing?" Well, mm-hmm. you got your answer because I can. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is, and. uh Different pursuit, different different platform, and I, I know people are always surprised when they hear it. I actually had a management company recently um, when we were discussing if you know we were going to join teams or not. It was like that's not really smart. You shouldn't, you know, you should pad your record. You should pick your opponents better, and, and you should focus on one thing so you don't stand the chance of losing. And 
because if you if you lose once, you're setting yourself back a year to get into UFC. And I said, you know, that's that's not my path. Again, if I make it to UFC, if if, if Shannon Knapp sees enough in me to put me on her card and and allow me to shine with all the female fighters, I mean that is an enormous uh, honor. But it's not for like so I can turn around and say, oh, I'm an Invicta fighter. It's it's so I can tell people like, wow, look at you know, look at how far that I went. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I did do it with boxing and kickboxing too. And if I lose, it's okay because if I'm taking legitimate opponents, I stand a very good chance of losing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want the opponents if they're not legitimate. I don't, I won't celebrate a win that was a given. I won't. And if I lose, I want to know I, I worked my tail off and threw it all out there and I still lost because then I know, you know, and same thing if I win, I want to know that girl made me pull out every trick out of my bat to earn that win. And I just, I'll, I won't have it any other way. <laughs> and I have thought with people, you know, advising the path on uh, opponents and, and, you know, the, the which which avenues we go. And I, I just stick to it very clearly every time that I think maybe my pursuit within this career is is perhaps very different from your typical mm. fighter. And, well, you but you, okay, but you but you but you said it you said it earlier on that you know your goal is not to be you know not to go you you didn't have this goal I'm going to go to UFC and this is my dream. Right. Your your dream is completely different. Your dream is to go inspire people. Your dream is to do your speaking tours. Your dream is to come up with your come out with your book so you can become uh, an author. These are part of your dreams because everything that you're looking to do is just one more, one more tile, one more brick, one more, one more right. brick in a wall. Uh, with with right. what what with what your actual end game is for you, and all this other stuff is if it should happen, then it's it's better because it gives you a bigger platform so you can do these things, and that's smart. That is smart. That is smart. That is smart. Because too many people put too much weight into okay, uh, male or female. This is what I do. This is what I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a pro fighter, and this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be a pro MMA guy, and I'm gonna go and be in the UFC and be the best. Yeah, yeah. you have to get there first. So you better have right. a secondary plan. Mm-hmm. And what if it doesn't work? You know, right. like then what? What are you gonna do with the rest of your life? Then they wind up like in Rocky One when he was just uh, fighting in the uh, in, in the basements and the the uh, right. the bars because that that's what right. that's what winds up happening. You just wind up zipping around the indie circuit, you know. But how long you, how long can you do that for? You know. Yeah, nobody can fight forever. It's no, tough no, on you, our bodies. You, yeah. you have you have a shelf life. You have a shelf life, mm-hmm. and you have to do it while you can, and that's why mm-hmm. you're doing what you're doing. Because you can mm-hmm. do it now, and, that, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, you, you know what I want to. You know what I want to do. If we can touch on this, on mm-hmm. you know, because of what you're actually, what your whole game plan is. You know, let's touch on bullying. Well, what's what's your view on what's going on now? Oh, I think that people of all ages. I mean, little kids all the way to the elderly are kind of raised, so to speak, right now to believe that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of anti-bullying movements out there, but at the same time, there's not a lot of reward for standing up for yourself. I think people are kind of conditioned to believe that that they can't. And, you know, I I have kids and and quite often have to, you know, refer things into more of a superhero and a villain way so that they can understand it when I'm trying to teach a lesson. And you know, I was telling one of my sons the other day that the, the power itself is not bad or good. It's what they decide to do with it that then determines if it's the villain or, or the good guy. And, you know, bullies aren't scared to break the law. And so they bully. They do things that are kind of scary to those who are law-abiding or, you know, are goody-goodies. They don't, you know, they don't want to do what they're not supposed to. And so it makes it makes them easy targets mm-hmm. and makes it difficult to figure out you know how to how to stand up to that, um, and just showing people that no matter what it is, no matter what your fight is, no matter what your struggle is, that you are the only one that is 
in control of your life. You're the only one that's in control of your destiny. Nobody can make you do anything. Uh, honestly, even in a horrible situation where somebody has a gun to your head, you're the one that decides where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. You might have limited options and, yeah. and wish for more options, but in the end, it's it's your decision what's going to happen. And I think people forget that. They, they so easily fall into the herd of cattle, basically, just kind of going in one direction, and they're scared to step out of that. And, uh, you know, I said earlier what the martial arts gave me was more of these mentalities than anything else. And the two biggest things, you know, one that I kind of already alluded to, when we teach grappling, the very first thing that we usually teach our people coming in is that even in a, a weight-bracketed scenario, if somebody is in mount, the chances of me just simply bench-pressing them off of me are very small. I can't mm-hmm. actually force that person to do anything. But what I can do is patiently wait for them to make a mistake and then move myself within that mistake to capitalize on it. And it's the same in, in the world. I can't make anybody see my my way of thinking. Um, but I don't have to be forced into their way either. They can't control me. I'm the only one that can control me. Um, and then the other principle is no preference that Michael Sullivan gave me, which, you know, when he first talks about it, talking about fighting, that, you know, I'm going to win. It doesn't matter if I win by knockout. I don't care if I win by submission. I don't care if I win by point. I'm just going to win. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't see other opportunities when they go in with this very strong preference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same thing for life. You know, I'm going to succeed. I'm not going to let people walk all over me. This is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. And life is so much happier when I'm living my beliefs. And, you know, I have no preference on how I'm going to succeed in those because mm-hmm. opportunities will arise and, and adversities will arise. And it's just always about how you you react within those um Bullying is just a huge thing out there. And, and again, I think once people just find that courage in themselves to realize that nobody's in control but them, it completely wipes out the bullying. They they have absolutely no power if we don't empower them uh, ourselves, really. And that's a key thing. When you empower, when you give them what they want, and that's for you to be afraid, that's that's when things, you know, get out of control. That's when... They have this power, and, I, and I'm gonna, you know, just just following up on what you were just uh, speaking and what speaking about, I'm gonna give this, to, you know, for Michael so he can utilize this. I'm gonna give him a little 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 uh, <laughs> maybe a little philosophy. I don't know, you know. But the way I, I see things in life is that you know the wind the wind's gonna go where the wind's gonna go. You can't control it. The only right. thing that you can control in life, if you're on the sea and the wind is pushing you, the only thing you can, you can do is adjust your sail to figure out where you're going to go. That's all you can do. Whether you're fighting, whatever it is, it's your adjustments in your life. And your adjustments in, if you're in the ring or you're in the cage and you're fighting, it's your adjustments that will dictate what you're going to do. And that, that, and, and that could, that will definitely impact the outcome of whatever the situation is. So Michael, there you, there you have it. There you have it, buddy. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. All right. Now, what what I want to do, because I know, um, I mean, you you and I, we can speak all day, you know, <laughs> about, easily. Uh, easily, easily, you know. But we're gonna have you on the show again because your career is you're just getting warmed up, you know, boxing, kickboxing, MMA. You know, I'm sure that I'm sure that Shannon Knapp is going to. Um, she'll, she'll, I'm sure Invicta is gonna be tapping you at some point. I see that happening. Okay, because, well, I I think it's going to happen. The reason I I say that is because not only are you talented, but in in the world of mixed martial arts for women, the female part of it, you know, to bring someone that's marketable, to bring someone that has intellect, someone that can actually, you know, be a a good role model for kids, you know what? That is a positive thing. That's why I I have a feeling that's going to happen for you. But I, I do see Thank that you. happening. Okay, so now what what I want to do, if you can uh, do this for me, is you know let's let's give some information to the viewers, the viewers, huh? Uh, the listeners. 
So listen, well, I, yeah, well, um, sometimes I'm doing, uh, sometimes I'm doing video, sometimes I'm doing uh, radio, and this is what we're doing here. Right, right. Um, so I, I got confused. You threw me off there, Maureen. <laughs> um, but yeah, why don't you let them know how to uh, find out more about, you know, you, because they need, you know, they have to follow your career. And I also want you to give information on on what uh, what Mike Sullivan's doing and his uh, coaching because. I do believe that if you if you're going to be proficient in in kickboxing and MMA, you need someone that's going to be there doing the right thing. And from what you've told me, he's done the right thing. Those other guys, Absolutely. they did not do the right thing. I don't know who they are. Right. I don't want to know who they are. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone yeah. should know who they are. My God. Yeah. You kidding me? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. How do you? Um, I might even get into that conversation again, but yeah, yeah. yeah but you know, <laughs> what, wh why don't you, uh, you know, let people uh, know how to, um, how to follow you, how to learn more about you? Perfect. Well, Facebook, I love it. I'm on it all the time. You can find me at Maureen Babyface Reardon, and it's M A U R E E N. Babyface is two words. My last name is R I O R D O N. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram that I keep pretty updated, and the handle for both of those is babyfacemma. Uh, and then I also have a website, maureenreardonmma.com, and I'm doing my best right now to keep that updated with the blog and all that good stuff. Uh, but things are moving really fast, so I'm definitely better with the <laughs> accessibility of, of Instagram and, and Facebook right now. But, no, quick, um, quick hits. Please follow me on there. It's where all my fight updates are. Uh, I talk a lot about Teen Baby Face Heroes, which is kind of an outreach thing I do uh, with all my supporters that we kind of pool our efforts and, and help out those that are, are not as uh, fortunate and do a lot of outreach to youth programs and local youth sports and things like that. Uh, so all that stuff is on there and kind of get involved, be a part of it, and grow the, grow the team. Okay, well, let, let, before before we move any further, and, be, and because we're coming towards the tail end of the show, I want to talk about this team, Babyface, because that did not come up. Oh, bad Babyface, bad Babyface. You didn't bring it up. <laughs> let, let's talk about Team Babyface, because I think that's important, because, again, that's part of the inspirational part of what you're doing, and we need we need to talk about that. Thank you. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a, a two-tier kind of benefit program that I'm doing. Uh, I'm starting the Babyface Foundation, which eventually will be an NPO. The entire purpose is just an outreach uh, to work with people and, uh, you know, do charities. But the, the first part, every time I have a fight coming up, uh, I ask my supporters to either donate, you know, an entire ticket or portion of a ticket uh, that will then be donated to typically youth or youth programs such as like Big Brother, Big Sister of America is one I want to get involved with, but you have to be able to sponsor both the big and their little. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyhow, we, we give the tickets to them. And as most people know, the fighters, a lot of our income, at least in the beginning, really comes off of our ticket sales. And so any profits I stand to make off of those donated tickets, 100% of those profits then gets reinvested into like the second tier part of this Team Babyface Heroes, and those profits, I then, after a fight, turn around and find a local youth organization, either sports or, you know, the performing arts, something that demands excellence within our youth, uh, and I personally go and donate 100% of those proceeds to them, and I specify that because I, I don't think a lot of people understand that uh, legally the tax laws on NPOs, they're actually only required to donate a very, very small percentage, like 5 or 6% or something, of the funds that people donate to these charities to the actual uh, cause that they're promoting for. And it's not to say that all of them only donate that much, but there are quite a few that are known for only giving that 5%. So I make sure that I, you know, in person give these these proceeds so that way I know 100% is being uh, received by the, the team and that they're, they're benefiting from it entirely. And there's, there's no rich CEO, you know, in the background that's 
getting any of these funds that are raised through um, my supporters and stuff. So the last one was actually a local, the Pink Panthers. They're a, a first grade, going into second grade, girls softball team. And uh, we have now sponsored them. I'm going to go to one of their, their games, help out, go to the banquet afterwards. Uh, I actually decided to match the amount of funds that were raised with my own funds as, as well. And we brought them Team Babyface hoodies and, you know, did a, a little photo shoot with them. And it was it was wonderful. And the smiles on those girls' faces and the fact that they're going to remember this for many, many, many years to come. Um, and it wasn't just me. It was, you know, absolutely not possible without all of my supporters. So I try and give an opportunity for others to, you know, my whole life I've wanted to help. But I just, I didn't really know how. And, you know, the person I was five years ago, the Pink Panthers wouldn't have wanted sweatshirts with my face on the back. <laughs> it would have been weird. You know? mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like that. So this gives people the opportunity to get involved in something local, uh, something meaningful. And like I said, we're 100% of their donation is going directly to the cause. And it is an, a, an instance where, you know, $5 absolutely makes a huge difference when you have hundreds of people doing it. And how that's, do... That's what it is. Well, I mean, I, it's that's fantastic. That is, that's what I wanted to hear from you. Thank I, you. I love it. I love it. Now, how do people, um, tell, them, tell them again how to get involved in Team Babyface, because I think that this is an important thing, because you, and you giving, and, I, and I'm saying this again, you selling tickets to your the the fights that you're you're in and anyone that that knows anything about independent uh you know MMA kickboxing even wrestling shows whatever it is you know you're you're selling the tickets cuz that's how you know you're going to make something off of that and you know that's what's getting yeah. keeping the organization going but you're taking mm-hmm. that money from that and you're you're donating it for for the specifically on the the tickets that are for the Team Babyface Heroes. Right. Those tickets that are being donated, yes, 100% of, I don't make anything off that. I give everything to reinvesting it into the other. And then anything else that I make, once everything's said and done, um, I try and either match how much was raised. You know, it depends on how fantastic everybody's been on mm-hmm. how much I'm able to, you know, match. Um, but yes, yeah, I, I do my, my absolute best. My... My income is used for training, rehab, uh, continuing to market so that people know about this that I'm doing. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, this, you know, the fighting is just my platform. What I want to do is get out there and do motivational speaking and help people, and this just allows me to do it. So uh, right now for RFA coming up, if you go to CageTix, it's C-A-G-E-T-I-X dot com, you select RFA 16. And then under the fighter selection, which this is very important to be able to, you know, do anything with the proceeds, you have to select my name. And then in the memo, you have to write uh, Team Babyface Heroes. And that way they'll then give me those tickets to, you know, take out to everybody else and then we can keep track of, of what we can reinvest. So, um, I've, yeah, I've even had people from overseas contact and say, I'm never going to be able to come to one of your fights, but how can I support this cause and they've sent paypal they've you know done, done different uh it's, it's overwhelmingly wonderful i but, am thrilled to the point of i was crying over valentine's day because i asked my supporters to send me uh valentine's pre-filled out so mm-hmm. i could take them to the kids at children's hospital who couldn't do valentine's day parties because they were sick and the number of valentines that came flooding through the door was just so overwhelmingly heartwarming wow. <laughs> that uh, I love this. I love being a part of it. I love being able to kind of spearhead it, but I will be the first to acknowledge that this is the effort of everybody that has like-minded souls with me, and it's definitely not me digging into my, you know, money bags. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's all of us working together, and I'm just so thrilled for the opportunity to be able to be that, you know, that axis of pulling everybody in to the centralized well, I mean, I, I mean, I can't even. There's nothing for me to add on top of that. I think that's amazing. <laughs> I think you. it's amazing, and Thank I you. and I love that we touched on that. 
and uh, just do do everyone a favor. Okay, when you're in when you're in the ring or you're in the cage, I don't care if you're kickboxing, you're in mixed martial arts, or you're boxing, just 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 don't break that wing, okay? Because these kids need you. Okay, they Thank need you. you. They they need you to keep doing this, and you know I'm I'm supporting you because I think that it's a fantastic thing. And uh, yeah, you know everyone, you know if you can, you know get involved in Team Babyface. Check it out and and find out more about what 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 she's doing. And you know just people should just get involved with that. Okay, thank so you. I mean th- this was fantastic, Maureen. I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Very insightful. No, very insightful. Okay, uh, you threw me for a loop with Team Babyface. (laughs) Should have talked about that earlier, but you know what? (laughs) What what, what we're gonna do? We're gonna bring you on because now I want updates. Um, I don't care about Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. I want updates on Team Babyface and what you're doing and your activities because I think the media should be picking up on this. You know, any the media in Denver. Okay, they should be picking up on this, and if they're not, they're they're not doing they're not doing the their right thing. You're not doing this for media attention, but the more media attention you get, the more benefit, the more benefits will come to the people that you're trying to help. And exactly, it, exactly. Just like we talked about the platforms of fighting. The, right. The further I can get, the more people I can reach, and the more people I can say, "Hey, be a part of this," because. We're about something much deeper than just punching faces. <laughs> I, I, I love it, Maureen. And look, and I, as I said, you. you know, I think that you're a rising star in the world of kickboxing, the world of MMA. I see it happening. Okay, I want all our listeners to, you know, support Maureen Babyface Ridden and her her efforts because this this girl is going to be something really special in the very near future. I promise you on that. Okay, and again, you know, Maureen, thank you. And to all our listeners out there, you know, tune in uh, next time to the next uh, for the next great guest we're going to have on the show, just like we had with Maureen Babyface Reading. Check her out on Facebook, Twitter, this, that, Instagram. She's out there. <laughs> she gets out there. Thank you again. I do. Thank you. Bye, guys. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? Oh, let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.